on RTHK. And welcome to uh, Back Chat with uh, uh, me, Jim Gould, and your co-host this morning, um, Ada Wong. And uh, on this morning's uh, Back Chat, uh, we're going to be talking about another, well, COVID-related issue, and that is the situation of uh, vulnerable groups, uh, including uh, domestic helpers and and homeless people. And we will be joined uh, in a moment by uh, two more guests to talk about this. But uh, uh, just before we get there, um, I've got quite a lot of emails from uh, listeners and I'd like to uh, read a few out now. Um, uh, James says, uh, uh, it seems there is mass confusion about so-called vaccine pass or should it be called a vaccine farce? Should I carry around with me a portfolio of documents to prove I've had two jabs? Uh, is the silly app enough? Do I need to download more apps? I'm 51 and reasonably tech-savvy, but I do not understand the incoherence of the so-called officials in their explanation of upcoming regulations and the need for carrying everything to buy a lettuce. Even my local friends can't make sense of it in Cantonese. Um, why is the Carrie Lam administration so bad at communication, given the millions of dollars paid each month to locals and expats in her information services department to disseminate information? Um, uh, thank you. Uh, that uh, from James. Uh, there is quite a lot of uh, information uh, in various places, including on the RTHK news website. Uh, that might be of, uh, of some help if you uh, take a look there. And, of course... Uh, um, Lots of information on the official website. Um, I hope, hope the picture will become a bit clearer. Uh, Simon says, uh, too little, too late, uh, referring to the vaccination pass. Other countries did it, but at a different moment in the pandemic. Um, and this one from uh, uh, Richard says, uh, the UK has revealed that the Queen has contracted uh, a mild dose of COVID from Prince Charles, he having caught it for the second time. I wonder if Charles took the precaution of vaccinating both before or after his first infection. The same question could apply to Prime Minister Johnson. Um, and uh, Phil writes... Um, talking this is about uh, uh isolation facilities says uh, uh with all schools closed uh, they could now be designating uh, testing centers um testing and uh, isolation facilities um one here from uh, alonzo says um it actually um it contains a number of questions which need to be put to health officials so alonzo if you don't mind i'm going to save this till tomorrow when uh, on on covid update before nine o'clock we'll be able to uh, put some of these questions to our uh, medical expert guests tomorrow morning. Um, let's move on for now to our topic for Back Chat this morning. And uh, as mentioned, that is um, the difficulties faced by uh, domestic helpers and the homeless, uh, in particular uh, during this uh, COVID wave. And we're joined by Eni Lestari, the founder of the uh, Association of Indonesian Migrant Workers and also Jeff Rotmeyer, founder and CEO of Impact Hong Kong. That's uh, an NGO that works uh, with the homeless. Uh, uh, good morning to you both. Um, um, any, any Lestari, if we could ask you first, uh, there, there have been these reports of, of domestic helpers um, having big problems after testing positive for COVID. Um, not being allowed back into their employers' homes and essentially um, being stuck outside. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, actually since the outbreak of the Omicron, uh, a lot of domestic workers 
somehow has an increase in number in terms of infection. They are also they are infected because usually the whole family is infected. One of the family or the building, or because they look after the elderly, so they went a lot to the clinic, hospital, and other kind of uh, services. So uh, and some of them uh, recently in the past two weeks, actually we received uh, several complaints that they were terminated when they were found infected. In fact, a few of them, um, you know, when they were having a day off and the employer uh, blamed them, you know, that uh, they were the one uh, bringing in the infection. So uh, some of them were actually um, denied to, to enter the house again. And a uh, few of them become homeless for one or two nights until they were rescued either by the NGOs uh, and also uh, we, some of them were referred to the consulates. So th- that become uh, new issues for us now. And there are also more worry now among the community because those who are being quarantined now are worrying if the employer might accept them, you know, because some of the employers' attitude actually changed when they were actually infected by the COVID, you know. So that kind of uh, issues are now growing in our community. Now with the infection in the community are growing, uh, we believe that the number uh, of the infection among domestic helpers will also increase. Um, what, what do you mean by uh, domestic, um, by the employers um, changing them? They changed the contract, you mean? No, they changed the attitude. For example, we have, uh, you know, one of the Indonesians who came to us, she has been helping the elderly for like eight or nine years, you know, when she was infected with the elderly, the, 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 the couple, I mean, the, the, the children uh, who hire her actually uh, blame her, uh, you know, always, uh, you know, stigmatize her and put her in the like a uh, uh, storage area for an isolation and the, the employer insists he must leave the house, you know, and she did not know where to go and the employer was actually calling the hospital to put her out uh, and then she was taken to the hospital but the hospital was saying she is okay, she just need to stay in the house for isolation. So, and then she was uh, brought back to the employer house for an isolation but then throughout one or two days the employer always, you know, uh, yell at her, you know, like... Uh, like a disbeliever and criticize her for having the off so she was infected. So eventually she was taken to the quarantine facility, but then in that kind of a situation, it really changed. You know, they used to be like in a good relationship and everything really changed. So that kind of wor- really worried the, the, the helper now, you know, like what would happen after I am released from the quarantine. Now, obviously, it's very cold outside at the moment. So, um, I mean, what happened to that uh, to that helper who wasn't allowed back into her employer's uh, apartment? Well, there are few who actually uh, handled by other NGO who actually even eventually sleep outside for one one or two nights. You know, uh, but in 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 the, the case that we handle, I personally handle. She was actually kicked out from the agency dormitory uh, when she was found to be positive. And then she was like outside from the morning until evening. She did not know where to go. She tried to call everyone, but no one, she, uh, the clinic, the hospital refused her. So eventually we, we told her that she has to go to the consulate. Like we have no choice. So we, we pressured the consulate to help her to put, to give her into a temporary accommodation until the, the hospital, I mean, she, uh, until that um, the, the, the hospital or the quarantine facility of Hong Kong rescue her. So, but it, it was really like, um, you know, it's so much also pressure for the workers because, like, they do not know where to go. If the agency don't want to accept them, if the employer don't want to accept them, then where they actually they can go. Mm. Okay, uh, Jeff Ropemeyer, good morning to you. 
thanks for having me. Jeff Rotemeyer, founder and CEO of Impact Hong Kong. Uh, so you do a lot of work uh, with the homeless, and we've spoken to you on a number of times in the past. Um, at a time like this, when it is particularly cold uh, outside, um, what sort of uh, you know what what sort of conditions and challenging and challenges are they facing? I mean, the, the, the government uh, does make shelters available at times like this, right? Yes, that's true. Yeah, the government do have um, their emergency shelters open at this time. Mm. However, they're closed throughout the whole day, mm. uh, and individuals who are there they have to leave at about eight a.m. in the morning. Um, most most individuals who are experiencing homelessness actually don't want to go there. It's just not very not a very welcoming place and you feel like a bit of an inconvenience there. You have um, just a single screen in between males and females as well. So it's a very unsafe feeling for many individuals. So it's not really a great solution, but it is shelter. And uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's freezing cold, as we know, um, outside. So, you know, there is that option as one. What are the alternatives then? Well, it's difficult. You know, as a charity, you know, and, uh, alongside other NGOs that are supporting this community, we're just doing all we can to get as many people inside as, as possible. I think over the last two days, in fact, HK, we helped um, another 10 individuals in the shelter. But it's hard um, because, you know, frankly speaking, many individuals who are outside, um, they have no hope or thought of ever getting out of that situation. Um, you know, 39% of the individuals we met in the past year in our census have chronic disease. 15% with physical disabilities. Most individuals that we meet in, in the permanent camps have kind of given up on their lives. So they don't really see the hope in, in, in that. They've kind of positioned themselves there uh, to die. And uh, it's pretty heartbreaking. So have you heard of any cases of these homeless uh, people, uh, uh, you know, contracting uh, the Omicron? and um, not being, uh, you know, they don't understand it, they don't know what to do? Quite surprisingly, you know, knock on wood, we haven't had any uh, positive cases in our community. Um, we do take a lot of precaution. We distribute a lot of masks, hand sanitizers, information, um, you know, trying to help as much as we can. And, you know, thankfully it hasn't happened, but I think it's, it's bound to, you know, as, as uh, Omicron spreads throughout Hong Kong. Um, which, which makes it difficult because, you know, you know, you have the Leave Home Safe app, um, which requires vaccines. Um, very difficult for individuals to get into centers. Um, so that's going to bring a whole new challenge because obviously people outside you know, don't necessarily have smartphones to be able to, to access these apps and, and so on. So a lot of challenges with that. Have you seen an increase in the number of homeless people during the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, over over the past two years, we saw an 18% increase on the streets. Uh, this this fifth wave especially has been really hard. Um, our referrals to our center have gone up by 60% in February, just compared with January. You know, so it's, it's pretty overwhelming right now. You're seeing a lot of people, a lot of people coming in our doors, which is great, because we can show them help and, and do everything we can to support them. Uh, but it's definitely an overwhelming number. And you're also seeing uh, the job loss, especially in this month, We've had quite a few cases of individuals who have already graduated through our programs and became independent with jobs. Unfortunately, those jobs um, have gone. So we've got those people also kind of struggling at this time. So it's a very, yeah, it's an overwhelming period for all of us, I'm sure, but especially as usual for the people who are least in, uh, less fortunate. Mm -hmm. Do homeless people on the streets, I mean, do they tend to be uh, solitary or, or, or do they sometimes uh, gather in small groups? 
Um, you, you have the individuals who gather in small groups for sure, you know, because they, they want community, they want friendship, they want to feel safe and, and supported. And when they're in those small groups, they'll have uh, NGOs and other caring organizations helping uh, distribute food from time to time. Then you also have so many individuals um, who are alone and hiding, uh, people sleeping in public toilets, rooftops, stairwells, uh, parking garages, for example. So you have those individuals as well. You know, you can't find. That's why when you do a census outside, it's really impossible to get a very accurate uh, reflection of the true number. Do, do any of them feel that they, they may be uh, at risk of uh, falling foul of these uh, social distancing requirements? You know, I think, uh, I know there was a picture that went quite viral um, of an individual maybe um, asking for support on the streets. Yeah. And, uh, Mm. You know, in Moncock. Mm. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I don't think he would have ever thought about that or even maybe known about that as a law. Mm. You know, I mean, you have individuals outside who just don't keep up to date, you know, as you and I do. What, what are the new, the new ever-changing uh, laws in this city? So, yeah, they, they're just an easy target and, and they're defenseless. So, yeah, I would, I would imagine that many do get those types of mm. fines. We've seen a lot of individuals and friends of mine who have experienced homelessness getting fined for cigarettes and dropping cigarettes uh, because they're kind of just, they can't really defend themselves. Yeah, yeah uh, any other story, this is also a challenge for domestic helpers um, who need the space to uh, to rest uh, on Sundays. Uh, but uh, I know that uh, uh, some of them, you know, have received uh, fines, uh, $5,000, which is uh, more than their monthly wages. Um, what, what do you know more, what do you know about that? Yes, actually we learned that uh, in the, like two weeks ago there were 17 and yesterday, I mean last Sunday also there were uh, domestic workers both for Indonesian and Filipino because we are the majority who were ticket by the police and uh, you know there are, uh, you know, there, are, there are few who came to us for help. So um, this is kind of, um, of course, um, uh, in, in, in general, actually, domestic worker population are quite uh, obedient to the law, you know, and the fact that we usually gather in the big number in, in certain spaces, because really access to space in Hong Kong for resting is very limited, and uh, even when you can use the park, it's not all the parks you can use it. So naturally gathering, you know, the big route is really kind of the only thing you can do. Now, there are few who are actually to get, you know, uh, you know, we just call our friends, you know, like calling fellow domestic workers now, uh, you know, to remind them to really follow all the protocols, the health protocols, social distancing and others, and really respect that this is Hong Kong law. So uh, for those who are really ticket and they need help, we just advise them to come to Mission for Migrant Workers so they can assist them in the legal cases, you know, whether or not, you know, through financial or even uh, legal assistance. It's just another thing that Mission has to decide. Yeah, but... Um, this is the kind of dilemma that we have, you know, because uh, the, the, the survey conducted two years ago, uh, it was found that 51% uh, domestic helper could not have a private room. We are sleeping on the floor, in the, top, you know, in the kitchen, and on the sofa, in the living room, or sharing with the elderly or children. So practically, when you want to rest on Sunday, you need like uh, at least a little private space, you know, and this one is not available. So... Uh, those people who actually went out, you know, uh, even two weeks, like last Sunday, was really people who actually did not have that kind of space. So rather than not resting inside the Emperor House, they were 
forced actually to go out and roaming around so they can just, you know, have a break, mental break, physical break from, from the office or from the employer house. So this kind of dilemma that our community also face nowadays, you know. So, yeah, so also like where to gather is one thing, you know, and insecurity if something, you know, if you might also be to get, you know, something like that. So, If they're in financial difficulty, would uh, any charities or uh, any, any people you know, who could support them, perhaps some of them can't even pay the fine because they normally send the money back to their hometowns? Uh, well, actually, uh, um, you know, there are a group who are actually raising the fund, but we do not really know that group. For us, we don't really raise funds for paying the ticket because we know that is, you know, that is part of the Hong Kong anti-pandemic measure. So we kind of respect that. We are raising funds actually mainly to help uh, to buy the antigen kits, you know, and uh, can um, or or blanket or those who might be in the emergency situation like the, the terminated, the homeless uh, domestic workers before they were rescued by the Hong Kong government. So that kind of help. So, um, of course, uh, what we are doing now with uh, ticket migrants, we are actually assisting them legally, you know, appealing to the, you know, to, to lower the cost and others. Of course, there are uh, domestic workers who actually tell us they 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 were forced to uh, sell some of their stuff back home, you know, like the cow, the carabao, or anything that they can sell so they can pay off the ticket because also they don't want to, you know, not to pay the fine because they still need to work in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And are they willing to um, uh, to take the jab, uh, as far as you know? Uh, because uh, I think a lot of domestic helpers at the beginning, they didn't realize that they could also uh, take the jab or they are, you know, en- enabled to do so. Now, I think most of them have taken it. Is that correct? Yeah, well, that's true, that's true. Actually, uh, most of our community now are already vaccinated. In fact, I mean, I myself already taking the booster. And now there are more people are uh, enrolling into the booster. But because it's, uh, you know, the, the, the schedule is always full, so now they are slowly uh, enrolling into that. So uh, we are quite compliant and also partly because many of us need to go home one of another way, either this year or next year, whenever the, the you know, the travel uh, restriction is lifted, everyone really needs to go home. And we know that if you are not vaccinated, then, you know, the potential of uh, uh, difficulties of traveling and even the possibility of returning back in Hong Kong is uh, very, you know, small. So that's why uh, we are actually educating, you know, it's, it's also for the health purposes, but also for the purpose of their future employment in Hong Kong, you know, taking the job are, are really important. So I think most of our people now are already in the second job. They are now are enrolling into the first, uh, the, the booster itself. But the issue there actually, you know, now the, the, the one that we are trying to teach the community is about the leave home safe and connect, um, connecting that with the... Um, vaccine record because you know uh, it's not that easy just to it's really t- uh, taking a lot of effort to empower the community of downloading you know and then uh, uh, you know and then scanning the code and so forth and i think this part that we we, we really feel um, uh, unhappy because the hong kong government has not done really much in terms of educating ethnic minorities in our languages it's very difficult to find the information in our languages so we have to rely on you know, like uh, uh, online information. That's why our organization is very active, translating some of the information into languages and printing all this information and going around Hong Kong to give away the flyers. But because of this uh, issue of social distancing, we cannot really do that because we don't want also to be caught into more than 2% gathering. Mm-hmm. 
OK, well, I know you have to leave us now, uh, Eni Lestari, but uh, thank you very much for speaking to us uh, on the programme. That was uh, Eni Lestari, the founder of the Association of Indonesian Migrant Workers. Uh, Jeff Rotemeyer, still with us. Uh, Jeff? So in terms of uh, vaccinations um, for uh, the people that, uh, that you work with, uh, homeless people living on the streets, um, d do you know what sort of, um, what kind of vaccination rates there is uh, among them? No, we're, not, we're not sure. You know, I think most, almost all of the individuals who are in our hostel tonight, so we have roughly, you know, 70 people in our hostel tonight, you know, most of them are actually vaccinated. But I think for individuals who are outside, I would think that that percentage would be very, very low, um, not just because of maybe a distrust of the government. You know, we have serious uh, mental health issues outside, schizophrenia, very common, uh, psychosis. Um, most of these individuals do not think about or worry about COVID in any way uh, because they have much greater, you know, pain and fears. Um, but I do think that, yes, yeah, so I would guess overall, I would say on the street, you're seeing a very, very low percentage. Because I guess to to be vaccinated, you need a, you need an ID, you need an address, you need to make mm -hmm. a booking, all of those things. Yeah, mm -hmm. lots of challenges. Mm -hmm. You know, our staff we do help, uh, we do help with that. We have information that 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 um, you know allows them to get support from us in that way. Um, we're not going on the streets and you know pushing vaccines or or dragging people there in any way because that is their choice at the end of the day. Um, you know, and our our focus is really on you know earning their trust and helping them to get off the streets, but. I do think that there is a distrust of that or just a, just no concern or thought by most people outside. And is it correct to say that uh, some of them might not have the um, relevant papers, so ID card, or they might have uh, overstayed in Hong Kong? Would, would that be so? Yeah, definitely, you know, ID issues, smartphone issues, um, you know, understanding the information of, you know, if, if there is a vaccine, where to get it, how to do it. Um, there's a lot of variables, and, yeah, there's just a many, many challenges when it comes to that. Okay, well, uh, thank you also for joining us, uh, speaking to us on the programme this morning. That was uh, Jeff Rotemeyer, the founder and CEO of uh, Impact Hong Kong. And uh, for the last few minutes uh, of the program, we're going to be uh, returning to uh, COVID uh, vaccination rate, uh, testing, isolation facilities and so on. Um, have a, a lot of emails and other messages from uh, listeners. I'm going to try and um, uh, get through as much of them as possible. But uh, Laurie writes, uh, dear Backchat, uh, I had my booster shot when I was in France last October and then came back to Hong Kong and did my three weeks quarantine there. Now that I want to translate my booster onto my Hong Kong record, it seems it is impossible without physically having to go to a designated post office. This seems ridiculous when we are trying to limit people going out. The fact that I can't do this online. Why can't Hong Kong make it easier for all records of relevant vaccinations to be recognised, especially now that they are bringing in the vaccination passes? Uh, thank you from Laurie. Uh, a comment on our Facebook page from Kim says, uh, why isn't the government making the data uh, just given on the radio more readily available to encourage the elderly to get vaccinated? Uh, uh, this one from Nick says uh, to really help encourage va vaccination take up rate and to get help with a choice of vaccine. Could the following information be added into the COVID update? Uh, the number of cases classified as serious of those who are in serious condition 
and uh, those who have died. What is was the vaccination status? Uh, how many vaccinations? Uh, one, two, or three? Which va vaccination type? When were they vaccinated? I think um, um, before nine o'clock, uh, Dr. Ivan Hung was saying that. Um, uh, of, I think it was, uh, was it 180 yes, patients? Yes, 180 Ada, people at the Queen Mary Hospital. I mm. wrote this down. Uh, mm. 80% um, are above 80 years old mm. and 90% have not been vaccinated. Mm. Yeah, um, but he also said, I think, that, uh, um, that uh, people who've had three vaccination shots um, were not in any... Yeah, well, not in Queen Mary. Yeah, no, we no, we don't know right. about yeah. the other hospitals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so another one from, uh, well, this one from Phil says it would be interesting uh, uh, if your producer could provide the number of vaccinated persons who are hospitalised with COVID. Uh, sadly, these selfish people who fail to get vaccinated are crippling our health system as other patients such as cancer and heart patients cannot get attention. Um, more, uh, this one from uh, Stuart says, at times like these, the deep-seated attitudes of the government, as well as many of the local populace towards the people who serve them, emerge with horrifying results. It is depressing that in one of the richest economies around, there is such a callous treatment of domestic helpers. Common decency has to flow down from carry. That obviously relates to what we were talking about uh, just now with... Um, any Lestari. Um, more on the COVID situation. Uh, Phil says uh, geographic testing will not be good as uh, overcrowding will surely occur. This is on the prospect of a territory-wide uh, testing programme uh, coming sometime soon. He says the best option will be to have uh, three or four testing centres for each district and then ID cards can perhaps be used. Uh, uh, OK, uh, this one from a correspondent who uh, calls himself Syncopate says, uh, how can you hope for boarding house improvements when the Hong, when Hong Kong government doesn't even care about the disgusting conditions that so many helpers experience sleeping on the floor in the kitchen next to the washing machine? Also, would uh, also uh, it would help to raise the consciousness of Hong Kong residents uh, re uh, common human decency um, that relating to a conversation we were having last Friday about uh, the conditions that uh, a lot of helpers have to live in, particularly boarding houses. Uh, another one here from let's see uh, this one uh, says, uh, please, sir, how does one isolate in a subdivided flat without infecting others? That's uh, an issue that we've uh, uh, mentioned a, a few times and. Finally, uh, COVID situation uh, from George writes, uh, the reality is the Hong Kong government has lost control of the situation. We will have uh, way over 100,000 people positive in the days ahead. What are really the next steps? Isolation centres and hotel rooms will not sort out the problems we are now in. Who is really in charge? That from George. OK, uh, thank you very much everybody who wrote in. Um, I have a few left over for tomorrow. Um, thanks to our listeners. Thanks to you, Ada. And a quick look at the weather. Before we go to the new summary and morning brew, it will be cold, uh, cloudy to overcast with rain. The rain will be more frequent later. Temperatures will ring, linger around 11 degrees during the day. Moderate to fresh northerly winds. The outlook... 
The morning will still be cold in the next couple of days. The weather will improve tomorrow afternoon, mainly fine with temperatures rising progressively in the latter part of this week. It's currently 11 degrees, humidity 95% and the cold weather warnings in effect. Stay focused and be devoted to perfection. Keep believing and pass on the values we embrace. Be persistent, conquer every challenge and move on. The ICAC's mission remains the same. Uphold a fair and clean Hong Kong. Stand firm against corruption. Our mission continues. Hong Kong, our advantage is you and the ICAC. Report Corruption Hotline 25266366. The new summary with Andrew Shirovsky. An IT expert says the government has struck the right balance between addressing privacy and public health concerns when the vaccine pass scheme is rolled out from Thursday. Francis Fong, the honorary president of Hong Kong Information Technology Federation, says the government has not imposed location tracking or real name registration on its Leave Home Safe app. A coalition of migrant workers Groups says many foreign domestic helpers are afraid to seek help from authorities if they contract COVID, as they're afraid of losing their jobs. It comes after reports that some workers were sacked after testing positive and were even left homeless. An eyewitness reports from Donetsk, one of the two breakaway regions in eastern Ukraine, say convoys of armored military vehicles have been seen entering the main city. The reports come a few hours after Russian President Vladimir Putin signed a decree recognizing the independence of Donetsk and Lugansk, which are controlled by Russian-backed separatists. I'll have more on these and other stories at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Hi. Good morning. And good morning to you, too. How are you doing? Excellent. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Fine, thank you. Thanks for inviting me to your show. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good to see you. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning to you and welcome to both a palindrome and an ambigram here on Morning Brew because it's 2202022, which actually reads the same left to right and upside down. What a bargain. I've mentally peaked. So let's talk about what's on the program. 10.40, it's Jared. What time? He's going to do his Tuesday bit on all things Aussie, including three great homegrown songs, as per usual, after 11.30. Dr. Merrin Pierce will be with us live from New Zealand. Going to be on Facebook Live. I think he's going to take us for a walk around the countryside today. 12.10, we're off to Melbourne to talk with biz futurist Morris Mizalowski. Now, today's topic is building things, isn't it? We're going to look at new building techniques, smart homes, natural impacts on future needs brought about by, yep, COVID, weather, climate change, and other things that haven't really been much of a consideration until now. Sandy Bell on three. Love comes in waves. <laughs> 